All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, welcome back. Thursday edition of the Gregor Show on Sports 1440, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. And oof, hey, if you like long odds, I'll tell you this. Guess what? Every now and then, it comes in. That's just a fact. There's different odds in every game at PlayAlberta.ca, so try it. And uh, here is proof that every now and then, you never know when the odds are going to happen, but they do. Uh, now, this one's a little uh, near and dear to my heart, of course, uh, with my farming background. But uh, I would just like a, a big shout-out to uh, Alan and Sherry Perot, not that they necessarily had anything to do with it, but it happened on their farm as uh, on jet last month, they had a cow have triplets, which is like one in a million, and they all lived. So awesome. Oh, my God. That's amazing. I'm telling you, like, I was pumped when they have twins every now and then. I can't imagine triplets. Just something about it. And they're all and they're all healthy, too. That's a great part about it. So uh, that, and trust me, that cow, oof, that cow is ranking up high on your list now. After that, it's got to be your favorite cow. No matter what. Just has to be. So it's great. So uh, kudos. Kudos to uh, Sherry and Alan and the family. Man, uh, they got some kids. I'm guessing those kids are just fired right up with triplets at the farm. You don't see that very often. And heck, you don't see it in real life. Never mind at the farm. So it's great. Anyway, let's uh, let's talk a little. Uh, let's talk a little uh, NHL right now. Brought to you by uh, VolvoCarsEdmonton.com. Uh, winners of their 13th Excellence Award. Man, they got an excellent uh, staff. They got excellent service. They got excellent vehicles. All combined, that's why you win a lot of awards. VolvoCarsEdmonton.com. And uh, we go out to uh, Arizona, to uh, Phoenix, as Craig Morgan joins us from uh, uh, PHNX Phoenix Sports. Uh, Craig, welcome back to the show. How you doing? 
Thanks, man. I, I heard you talking about uh, long odds, and I figured it was the perfect segue into the Coyotes. Uh, great. How you doing? <laughs> yeah, that's true. It very much is. This is, man. You, you have covered. <laughs> You have got, I shouldn't laugh because I'm sure at times you're like, oh my God, I got to cover this again. But uh, talking about like the ongoing saga of the arena and, uh, and Phoenix, Arizona. And, you know, I saw the Coyotes tweeted out some stuff. Uh, I saw Frank Saravelli tweeting out that the Suns owner wouldn't be interested. You know, there's, there's lots of being different angles about what they're going to do. Can you give us what's the latest here? Cause it sounds like, you know, th- there, there seems to be some sort of deadline here coming from the NHL. I don't think there's an exact deadline when, but it, it seems like, it's going to meet ahead here soon. Uh, what, what's the latest on a potential land and arena for the Coyotes? Well, I can tell you that today the Arizona State Land Department met and the Coyotes, the parcel of land that the Coyotes were interested in was not on the agenda. But then I got later information that, uh, first of all, Richard Rodier tweeted, tweeted out that he had heard that they had changed the uh, bid from 200 acres to 100 acres because the cost for, for development, all, all sorts of things were just higher than they expected. And I confirmed that, and I also confirmed that they held an executive session at the department meeting. Those are those are not open to the public, and nothing that comes out of them uh, is disclosed. But they, I, I heard that they had talked about this new deal there, so we could see this land go to auction as early as March 15th, which is the na- next date that they'll hold a meeting. So, do, do you get a sense? Um, like, is, is it coming crunch time? Does, does Gary Bettman, has he reached his end of the line saying, like, we need a definite answer? <laughs> Deadlines in the Coyotes are a funny thing. They, they tend to change. Uh, they shift a lot. You know, we, we had heard that the All-Star break was going to be the deadline for a while, but then we got wind later that it was going to be by the end of quarter one, and we've reported that multiple times. It, it didn't seem to make its way out to a lot of the NHL world because people were still focused on the All-Star break, but... I had heard that quarter one was was the latest deadline. Listen, I don't know. I I think a lot of that depends on the situation on the ground. Do they feel like they're actually moving forward with something viable? When we're talking about state trust land, there's a lot of pieces, even if they win the bid. And by the way, that's what happens. They post it for, I think, a minimum of 10 weeks before you can even hold the auction. And then it's literally an auction. Other bidders can enter the auction as well. Uh, there, There are no other parties at this point that have applied for this piece of land but that could change and then you got to outbid them even if they get the land there are so many other things that you're talking about with soil samples i, I don't want to get into all this stuff entitlements zoning etc i have no idea what the timeline is for actual construction of an arena and i don't think anybody else knows at this point yeah no that's fair like i, I wonder you know and like to me it's it's not hard to connect the dots that uh, when you look at the press release on the worst timing day ever by the NHL, when they put out a press release about, hey, Utah, you know, they're interested in being the 33 team uh, on the day that uh, you have the sexual uh, uh, allegations come out for those four <laughs> NHL players. Like, it was embarrassing. But, you know, in that release from uh, uh, Utah, they're like, hey, we could handle a team right away. Like, it wouldn't right. be a crazy move. Like, we saw Atlanta go to Winnipeg, and that wasn't announced until May and they went to Winnipeg the following year, that, you know, if they wanted to, the NHL could do that with the Coyotes, couldn't they? Could they? That's that's the big question out there. And if you were reading Richard's tweets today, what grounds do they have for forcing a sale? Like, a lot of people think, well, they're not playing in a suitable arena. Where in the CBA does it say that there's a requirement for actual size and seating for an arena? It doesn't. So you get into real semantics here. I don't know. Like, unless there's a proxy agreement, 
where they can be voted out by the Board of Governors, and I don't know if there's one in place. I think there are real questions about whether the NHL can force a sale here uh, from Alex Morello. And, and if they try, I would guess also that we're talking about a legal battle. I don't think Alex Morello is going to go quietly. So I don't think it's as simple as Salt Lake City. Yeah, they, they want a team. Let's get this problem child out. The other thing to consider here, you know how committed Gary Bettman has been to this market. I know for a fact that there are, there are interested parties here that would like to at least have a conversation about buying this team locally. So I think that's plan B. He's going to cross all those things off. Even if, you know, if, if we get to the point where Morello is selling the team, I think he's going to cross all those boxes off first before he goes to Salt Lake. Gary has always said, he's been consistent about this, relocation is the last option. It's the nuclear option. I think there may be other options here in Arizona. Um, looking at the Coyotes team this year, like they had a good start. They're pretty competitive, Craig. And now they, they've slowly, you know, started to, to tape, taper off a little bit. Um, they wanted to be more competitive this year and they started that way. What, what, what has kind of maybe changed here in the last, you know, few weeks for the Coyotes? And do you think they can get back in the race? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough one. Like, uh, honestly, when I look at this roster at the start of the season, I thought, yeah, they may be a little bit better, more competitive, but this is not a playoff team. Hell, Bill Armstrong even said it himself in, at media day. He doesn't think this is quite a playoff team yet. So you knew what their expectations were when the season started. Um, I think they exceeded those for a number of reasons. Mostly they got great goaltending for, for a stretch there. It was both goalies, but you know, later on, Connor Ingram was just playing at an all-star level, even though he didn't get to the all-star game. And they were getting some contributions up and down the lineup, scoring from guys like Michael Carcone for a while was red hot. That sort of cooled off. They're not getting the balance scoring. I think this team has always had a problem defending. I don't think they do it particularly well. And as the season ramps up and other teams just start dialing it in, I'm not sure the Coyotes are quite up to the task, to be honest. Yeah. Okay. What about then? Do you see any Coyote players that uh, you know could be on the move between now and the March age trade deadline? Like, is, yeah, is Matt Dumba one? Anybody else? Yeah, Matt Dumba is certainly one. You know, listen, the, the issue with some of these guys on expiring contracts is they probably haven't had the seasons that they had hoped for. So what's their actual trade value? Maybe there still is value for, for Matt Dumba because he's a physical defense when you know he's got experience and everybody's looking for depth on the blue line at, come playoff time. So I would look at him. I would look at a guy like Jason Zucker as well for a lot of the same reasons. I do wonder about maybe some of these other guys that have a little bit of term but might have more value. Alex Kerfoot has had a terrific season here he signed for an extra year i wonder about him and i wonder also about a guy who was really honestly being explored last season nick schmaltz would they explore maybe trading him now so there are a number of players i don't think they're going to move one of their two goaltenders but there are a number of players that could be on the move at the trade deadline what's up with veg malka <laughs> good question don't know it's, it's, it's funny with goalies, right? Everybody was talking about him last year. There, were, there, were, there was talk that they might even trade him. Uh, there was, maybe he had some decent market value, and he's, he's really struggled this season. I thought he started out okay. Like I said, the, for the first 20 games of the season, they were literally rotating goaltenders game-by-game basis, but um, he, he just hasn't been able to uh, sustain that. I, a lot of times when I watch him, he, you know, you watch Conor Rigby, he's just so calm and quiet, compact movements. Very little wasted motion. Gamelka gets out of position a lot. He's he's sliding around a little too much. Um, and and honestly, 
that's been a recurring problem. Uh, he seemed to overcome it last year, but he's not doing that so much this season. Craig Morgan joins us uh, talking about the uh, Arizona Coyotes, uh, the, the the future of that organization. Um, Craig, you've been in that facility uh, all the time. Uh, um, you know, I, I know it's pretty full most nights now. How, how's how's the atmosphere being there? And like, uh, you know, the biggest benefactor here is when the Coyotes do eventually leave. Like they're gonna they're gonna leave behind one of the best, if not the best, college hockey facilities in the country. Amen to that. Yeah, <laughs> ASU is well aware of that. By the way, they also like you know all the marketing. Whenever NHL games are on TV, you know you got the pitchfork at Center Ice. So ASU is getting a lot of good branding out of this. But you're right, it's it's a fun place. It really is a fun atmosphere. I, I don't know if that will sustain over four or five seasons if they have to be here too long. But it is a unique building to be in, and a lot of people that come from out of town comment on what a cool experience is to watch a hockey game, an NHL game in such an intimate setting. Um, and you're right. They had to build that entire annex with two NHL caliber dressing rooms. When they leave, ASU gets those and they're eyeballing, you know, hosting NCAA regionals, other major tournaments, because now they have the facilities to do so. Have, have they gained any new fans because of the uniqueness of the facility? I don't know. That's hard to say because at the same time you have such a limited supply and the seats are so expensive, right? You're just yeah. talking about not even just the lower bowl. You're talking about the lower, lower bowl. It's 13 rows. So <laughs> when you look at the ticket prices compared to other arenas, they're, they're pretty comparable to what you get in the lower 13 rows. But you've cut off a lot of the fans that might be able to go for those less expensive seats. They can't see the Coyotes live now. And I, I think that's a problem, honestly. I, okay. I think you're you're limiting the ability of some of those people to see your team live, and that helps build a fan base. You've covered this team and story, Craig, better than anyone for a long time in, in that market. What, what's your gut tell you about what the future is for the Coyotes? Are they going to get a new facility? Or are they going to end up relocating? What's going to happen? I am not a betting man. I, I, have, I have stopped going down that road because I've been covering this story for at least 15 years. That Honestly, they've been in arena hell for most of the time they've been here. I, I don't lay odds anymore. I'm just going to follow the story. Like I said to you before, I really find it difficult to believe that they're going to force a sale. I think they're going to have a little more patience with Alex Morello. But even if they do come to that point, I still think that there are local options before they, they choose the nuclear option. Great stuff, Craig. We really appreciate the rundown, man. Thanks for your time. All right, man. Thanks as always. There you go. That's uh, Craig Morning joining us uh, out of Phoenix. We got a lot of texts at eight three three four one fourteen forty. Guys, did I hear you correctly? The orders changed all their D pairs. Can you tell me why? From Nick. Well, I think the coach felt it was time to shake things up. I think, you know, part of it is I think Vincent DeHarnay. I think the coaching staff wants to see what he can do in an elevated role. They feel like he's played well. All he's done is improve. So why not see what he can do in an elevated role? So that'd be the first one. Uh, I was a little surprised, to be honest, that that they just didn't swap him and CeCe. They actually split up the Ekholm-Bouchard pairing. I, like, if I had to lay odds on which pair I think would get back together the quickest, it would be those two. But they're going to start tomorrow Ekholm with CeCe, Bouchard with Kulak. And I, I can see the makeup looking at, okay, you know, CeCe, Ekholm, we think they're defensive guys, away you go. Uh, Kulak and Bouchard, right, the... A little bit maybe more offense going there. Although I'm not sure Kulak's any more offensive-minded than, than Ekholm is, to be honest. right? And, he, and he's definitely, I don't think, as good defensively as Ekholm. So I think what might happen here is the 
allocation of shifts with McDavid might be split up more. Bouchard and Ekholm were taking the vast majority of them. I don't expect that to be the case tomorrow. I don't think Bouchard and Kulak will play that mu- as much with McDavid. Now, I could be wrong. It's Anaheim, so maybe they will. But that that would be my one guess that we might see change. I'm curious. You know, it's not like Anaheim has a lot of elite forwards, to be honest. But with, when you look at tomorrow, I'll be, I'm going to be very curious to see, you know, the the minutes and who they're playing against for DeHarnay and Nurse. And then obviously, you know, did, did they get the Kopitar line on Saturday night? That'll be the good test. Uh, 521, uh, when we return, it's been a, a busy day. Think about it. One month pre, one month difference. And, and we got this question earlier. And I think it's a valid one. Hey guys, why is the NBA trade deadline today and the NHL is a month later? I heard some people asking, wouldn't it be better if they moved it closer? Do you think there's any chance we see the NHL move the deadline into February? It's a good question. Uh, it's something I guess would have to be discussed and negotiated by the board of governors. You know, there's, there's two sides of it. You can look and say, well, if you acquire players earlier, now you got to make the commitment, right? Are we in or are we out? Are we on the fence? Or are we not? Does it make moves? Does it make more moves? Like there wasn't any great, huge, major moves today in the NBA, but I don't think it hurts the league, right? There was, there was lots of movement in a sense, but not like superstars. Just like, I don't think there's ever going to be many major superstar trades in the NHL. But if you had the trade deadline today, you would have some teams that would have to make tougher decisions for sure, like New Jersey. Would they move Tyler to Foley? Or would they say, no, 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 we got Jack Hughes coming back. We're going to stand pat. It's a good question. I don't know if they would ever go this early, but would they maybe go kind of split the difference? What if it's two weeks from now? It's a possibility. It's a good conversation. I'd have to, I'd have to look into it. I'd have to kind of gauge. I think like anything, they're like, hey, this is what we've always done. You know, the salary caps are different in each league. So, you know, got to factor that in. And teams will look and say, well, with the longer you wait, then there's less cap space that you take on. So you have a little bit more cap space to make trades. So there's both sides to it for sure. Quick break. Uh, we will uh, recap a day. Another busy day for the Raptors. Does it make them any better? We'll find out next on The Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. 5.26, welcome back. Thursday edition of The Gregor Show. Lots going on, man. Lots happening. Oiler fans, everybody got the text line. just going crazy. I love it today. Lots of people uh, talking about the D pairs. Excited. Some of you love it. Some of you feel like, hey, Vincent DeHarnay is ready. Give him a chance. See what he's got. Uh, others are like, what are they doing? Splitting up Ekholm and Bouchard. So a uh, varying topic. We'll get to uh, all of that uh, and more. But first, uh, we're going to recap a day in the NBA. The trade deadline went down today. The uh, Toronto Raptors uh, making uh, a few trades today. And uh, we'll see if they make them any better. Josh Lundberg uh, joins us from uh, TSN, the uh, Raptors reporter. So I guess, Josh, uh, let's break down the, uh, the Olenek trade first uh, from Utah. What are your thoughts on that deal? Yeah, I mean, on the surface, it's a little bit strange. The deal features a couple things that you don't normally see from rebuilding teams. And if there was ever any doubt, it was pretty clear after the Pascal Siakam trade that this is, in fact, a rebuilding team. So the first thing, of course, is acquiring a 32-year-old in Kelly Olenek. Mm-hmm. And the second thing is trading a first-round pick. Yes. Both things that rebuilding teams don't generally do. But there is a method to the madness, so to speak. And let's start with... Olenek, who is a player on an expiring deal, so it remains to be seen how long he's actually going to be around for, although it does seem like they, there is some interest 
in keeping him beyond this season. And the reason being is that they like him as a, a veteran player in the room, and they, they lost quite a few veterans over the last six weeks. So he's a guy that's going to come in, great character guy, leader in the locker room, a pretty good fit in the Darko Ryakovich system too in that he's a big who can pass, who can shoot, pretty good fit next to Scotty Barnes. They think he's going to help him. And then, of course, the fact that he's Canadian, well-known to Raptors fans, is not a bad thing as well. But the, the trade was made with the intention of bringing in another young player with high upside, a guy they really like in Abaji. He's a guy they've had their eye on for quite some time. I mean, Masai Ujiri has known his family for, for a long time. Uh, he's a, a two-way player, a guy who's shown some very real flashes in a couple of years with the Jazz, has already established himself as a rotation player in the league. And it kind of just look back at the OG Ananobi trade from nearly six weeks ago, adding players like Quickly and Barrett. And that's the idea here in, in building around Scotty Barnes is not necessarily to load up on draft picks and bring in assets, I guess, where you, you don't really see the fruit of it for two, three, four years down the line as you draft and develop guys. They want to bring in players on the Barnes timeline in that age range who maybe already have a head start in their NBA career, and they think Abaji can be one of those players. In terms of the first-round pick that's, that's going back to Utah, and let's face it, that's really the only thing that the Raptors are losing in this trade. Kyra Lewis was a guy that was salary filler in the Siakam deal. Otto Porter Jr. would have been bought out if he wasn't traded today. But the first-round pick, Right now, it's projected to be 29th, so very late first-rounder in a draft that most people believe is pretty weak here. Coming up in 2024, the Raptors were in a position to potentially have four picks in that draft, three of them coming between 18 and 31. So this was an expendable pick, and I think in their mind, a small price to pay for what they got back. Uh, Josh Lundberg uh, joins us. The uh, trade report brought to you by Action Electrical. And uh, Josh, you know, the other trade they make, of course, uh, they move out uh, Dennis Schroeder, just didn't really seem to fit in there. And Thaddeus Young to uh, the Nets uh, for Spencer Didwitty. Uh, he's going to be waived. And uh, so, you know, what do you make of this deal? Is this just simply, uh, you know, they're clearing up cap space? Yeah, 100%. Flexibility, that's all this is. A very different type of deal, obviously, than the one we just talked about. The Utah deal was about adding pieces they liked. This trade was about getting rid of a piece that they kind of needed to move on from. I mean, Dennis Schroeder was a player that they signed during the offseason, sort of a a low-cost stopgap replacement once they lost Fred Van Vliet. And he did an admirable job at the point guard position, started for them early in the year, came off the bench recently. And, I mean, I think his move to the bench was a bit of a turning point. I mean, talking to people around the team and even just watching Schroeder's body language, he was not happy about uh, that, as some people see it, I guess, demotion, the move to the bench. And I just think that based on his experience, the time in the league, more than a decade in the league, once things started to shift in a younger direction, it's not necessarily a situation I think that he wanted to be involved in. But more than anything else, he still had a second year on his deal. He's under contract next season. So by trading him for Dinwiddie's expiring deal and then, of course, waiving Dinwiddie, uh, they, they now clear up a whole bunch of money 
uh, around $13 million for next season. I mean, we we like to talk about cap space in, in the NBA. This isn't necessarily about cap space in the sense that, like, I mean, most people associate that with going out and spending in free agency. I still would be surprised if the Raptors were serious players in free agency. They never really are. I mean, this isn't a prime destination for big-name free agents. It's never really been Toronto. No. Um, And and this year's free agent crop isn't expected to be very good. Anyway, I mean, the guys at the top of that list are former Raptors, Siakam and Ananobi. But I think what the space does is it gives you some options, a little bit of wiggle room and some room to move as this team continues to build. Maybe you're adding talent via trade and you're able to take on more salary, of course, if you're under uh, the, the cap or, or have a bit more flexibility. And then one other like interesting potential opportunity uh, for, for the Raptors and probably for a few teams in the league is th- this new CBA um, that was approved a little while back ha- has really strong penalties for teams that are uh, above the, the salary cap and into the tax and, and the, the second apron and for those teams looking to move off of some what you would call bad long-term salary, if you're a team like the Raptors that are able to absorb some of that salary, help a team out a little bit and getting under the luxury tax, the benefit of that is potentially picking up a few assets, whether those are tra- uh, picks or, or prospects. So I think that's an opportunity that the cap space could give them as well. If you look at all the trades around the league today, is there one that you feel like is, is it the Gordon Hayward trade is like, is that the best potential uh, for the Thunder or do you see another trade that really helps the team? Yeah, I mean, I, I like the trade for the Knicks, picking up a couple players from Detroit and Bogdanovich and Alec Burks. I, I mean, they were in conversation with the Raptors, very interested from what it sounds like in Bruce Brown. So they were looking to add some depth on the wing. The, the fact that OJ Ananobi just had elbow surgery and is going to miss some time probably contributed to, to that need. Um, in, in the end, they add a couple players at, at that position. Guys that, yeah, like I, I don't know if they move the needle significantly, but they're certainly going to help in terms of giving this team depth going into a playoff race. And I also really like Philadelphia's edition of Buddy Heald. I didn't think they gave up a whole lot to get him. He's going to help them as long as Embiid is out. When Embiid is back, he gives them shooting and a, kind of a third guy behind him, behind Embiid and, and Maxi. Um, but at the same time, like, listen, th- this wasn't uh, a incredibly exciting trade deadline in the sense that there weren't any stars, certainly no superstars that were moved. And in the end, if you just kind of zoom out and look at trade season as a whole, the the two best players I think that were moved over the last six weeks were the the Raptors guys, the Pascal Siakam and and Ananobi trades that I, I think probably started things off here for the Raptors. As I said, they kind of set this team off in the direction that now clearly they're, they're in. Uh, and then the moves that the Raptors made today, the two deals helped kind of propel them further in that direction in the rebuild around Barnes. Josh Lewenberg uh, joins us. So, Josh, you know, the Raptors, man, they've revamped their entire roster almost uh, this season. They made a lot of moves. Um, 
Like, how far away do you think they realistically are? Like that draft pick this year, obviously, is going to be crucial. Uh, you know, it's top six protected. Uh, I think they're going to do everything in their power to make sure that they don't have to give that pick up. Right? You definitely don't want to give it up if it's number seven. So, um, you know, you look at them. Like, how far away do you think they are? Especially when you mention like they're not a place that's going to get free agents. Like they're going to have to draft very well if they want any sort of success. Yeah, they're going to have to hit on on some of these late first round picks that are coming up. Um, and then, yeah, in terms of their pick this season, it's an interesting thing because, I mean, one way or the other, that pick is going to convey at some point. If they don't, if they keep it, they don't give it up this season, then they still owe it to San Antonio next season. It was same protections. It would still be top six protected. Um, given, again, how weak this draft is supposed to be, there's an argument that maybe it makes most sense to try and win the rest of the way and maybe give up. I don't know, the eighth or ninth pick, and maybe that ends up being better than giving up the seventh pick in 2025 or something like that. From the sounds of it and talking to Bobby Webster and Masai Ujiri today, it sounds like they're just going to keep moving forward in the way that they were planning on moving forward anyway with these young guys playing and developing and let the chips fall where they may. I mean, even with the best of intentions, let's face it, even if they are trying to win and remain competitive, based on what we've seen from this team that got even younger today, they're not very good. They haven't been no. winning very much, no. so I, I still think there's a, a pretty strong chance that they end up keeping their pick. How far away are they? I, I mean, I'll, I'll say this. like for, for most teams that are in the very early stages of a rebuild, which is where the Raptors are, in a lot of cases, they spend years searching for the main piece, the, the all-star player, the potential superstar face of the franchise, and the Raptors, fortunately, are in a position where they believe they've already found that guy in, in newly minted all-star Scotty Barnes. Um, there, there's still a lot of work to be done, obviously, because even if he does develop in the way that they expect him to, you still need more pieces in them than what they've got. They're, they're starting not from scratch, but from a position where outside of Barnes, there's maybe two or three, that's if you're being generous, two or three guys on this team that you expect to be around when they eventually turn the corner. So I agree with you. Like I think drafting well is going to be really important. Developing is going to be really important. These are all things that this franchise did as well as anybody when they were building their championship team. And then they've done pretty poorly since then, which is kind of why they find themselves in this predicament. So I I think they're in a good position starting obviously with Barnes, but from here on out, it's going to be about one, how, how he develops, how he continues to develop and two, putting the right pieces around him. Josh, great stuff, man. Thanks so much for this. We appreciate your time today. All right, Gregor. Talk soon, man. You betcha. That's uh, Josh Lundberg joining us from uh, TSN. The Raptors, two deals. One's basically a salary dump. And, like, the Olympic one's a little odd. You know, they, obviously they must like the young guy. Uh, the first rounder, like, anytime you see a first rounder, like, what? But, you know, it's 29th pick. It's not their first rounder. So that, I guess that's a benefit. We'll see. But they're, they're going to have to get some hits in this year's draft. The problem is this year's draft in the NBA is not overly deep. So that's maybe the good thing that they give up the 29th. Because keep in mind, like a first round in the NBA, after you get past like pick 12, to me that's like a second rounder. And then you get to pick 20, is like a third round. There's only two rounds in the NBA draft, so it's very different if you're an NHL fan. Like first rounders don't necessarily have the same value overall, for sure.
We'll come back. I do want to get into the lines. Uh, we got a lot of text of you wondering about the uh, the trade uh, options that I mentioned earlier. So we'll recap that for uh, order fans next on the Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Five forty-five. Hey, Jets fans are like, why? Why do we make this trade? The the Jets since the uh, Monahan trade have uh, been outscored six nothing. They uh, lost in Pittsburgh three nothing, and they're trading uh, in Philadelphia three nothing after the first period. Ouch. Uh, also, uh, the Avalanche getting pumped in Carolina three nothing in the uh, the first period, and the Bruins all over the Canucks two nothing in the uh, first period. Out shooting them eleven four. So and uh, Alex Ovechkin, one goal closer. He's sixty one now, shy of the great one as uh, he scores his eleventh goal of the season. So there you have it. Uh, Flames and Devils tied at one after the uh, first period as well. Uh, lots of text because we talked about it earlier. Hey, Gregor, I missed it. Uh, who is the second guy? I heard you say Dowd, but uh, who is the second guy you were talking about uh, in your trade? Well. So we looked at it, and the way I look at the orders, like look at their lineup tomorrow. They switched Perry and, and Fogel. So Fogel's with McLeod and Holloway, which is, I think, where he fits best. Corey Perry's playing with Drysaddle and Kane. Corey Perry's not a second-line player now. Up front, Edmonton could use a second-line right winger. Now, there, there's not a lot of great options. Unless, like if New Jersey falls out of this, then Tyler Toffoli's a very good option. Checks a lot of boxes. Playing well. Proven goal score. Knows how to play in tight games. Won a Stanley Cup. Brings you a lot of stuff. After him, you know, there's, you know, I, I, Gensel to me doesn't make any sense. I, I think that it can potentially cause too much disruption for your team. Plus, he's a left shot, not a right shot. Um, now, Tarasenko's a left shot, but has played the right side a lot. He He could be an option that I think would cost way less. Uh, to get uh, Phil Kessel, not happening. Uh, Anthony Manth is an intriguing name. He's, he's having a really good year. He's got 14 five on five goals in Washington this year. So he, would, he wouldn't expect to be on the power play here. Doesn't need to be on the power play. The GM knows him quite well. Now, the problem is his cap it. It's 5.7 mil. Even if they retain half, that's 2.9 or 2.85. Right? You might need a third team to come in. How much you get? Like, the, the only benefit really is I'm not sure what the cost is for Anthony Manth. He's having a good year, but. How good? I honestly think that Dowd in Washington will command more. He only makes 1.3 mil, and that guy is a defensive star. And not bad offensively. He had 13 goals, 5-on-5 last year. He's got 7 this year, and he plays a lot of minutes against elites. He plays, he he starts in his D zone almost all the time. He's had 23 offensive zone starts this year. And uh, the guy I was talking about with Dowd, and Dowd's very good. He can win face-off. He's 51.5% in his career. Uh, the guy to look at is um, Beck Malenstein. Now, Western Hockey League played for the Hitmen. Uh, then actually, no Stuart Skinner. They were teammates uh, when they went to the Memorial Cup with Swift Current. Uh, him and Dowd have played together almost exclusively this year when they're both in the lineup. He's, like Dowd, has way more D-zone starts and O-zone starts. He leads the Capitals in penalty kill minutes. He has 131 hits. He's six foot three, 200 pounds. He's big. He can skate. He's physical, kills penalties, and he's good, reliable defensively. If you brought in him and Dowd, and uh, you mow out Ryan and Yanmark, for instance, Ryan and Brown, pick your poison, you could do it. I wouldn't have a big issue with it. 
And I don't think the cost is going to be significant. I think you're probably going to have to give up a first to give doubt. I, I really believe that. But if you give up a first to bring in doubt and you get back Beck Malenstein and you know you give up whatever it is, one of the players to make the cap hit work and then a mid-round pick, well, then it doesn't look nearly as bad. So honestly, if I was any team and I'm looking at Dowd, I wouldn't just stop at Dowd. I'd want to look at bringing in Beck Malenstein as well. They have great chemistry. They play very well together. And both of them have good success in all their numbers together. So why wouldn't you? He's cheap. He's only making 762 k It's actually technically lower than this year's league minimum. So I... Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Uh, I could see how that's a benefit. No question. So that that was the... Uh, the, the 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 duo that I was talking about. You can read the whole article at OrdersNation.com today. Uh, if you like, I think it's, uh, um, you know, not selfish, but I think it's a pretty good uh, breakdown of looking a little bit deeper than just some of the, the names that are out there, right? Looking at, like, what are realistic options? I try to look at the realistic options and, um, you know, outline who I think is an upgrade. You don't have to agree with it. That's what's the great part about it. We don't have to agree on every player in the league. Right, I know. I know some of you are huge Sean Walker fans. I'm not. Sean Walker on a cup contending team's a number five. So is Carrier. That's what they are. They're number fives, and that's fine. Nothing wrong with number fives. But they're, if you're bringing them in to be a top four here, I, I don't think that's a step forward in, in your direction of what you're doing as a as a team that's trying to win the cup. That's how I view them. I've talked to a lot of scouts too. Right, I've had scouts text me you know, when I wrote the article last week. Because you know they saw these people say, "Oh, you got to get Sean Walker. He's got to play with Nurse in your top, in your, you know, top pair of minutes." Because Nurse's minutes and Echo and Bouchard's minutes are pretty much even against elite players. The difference is Bouchard and Echo played way more with McDavid, which is an advantage, no question. So, I, I wouldn't be putting Walker to me, and I'll be curious to see if if there is a team like I know Philly's asking for a first rounder. Why? Like he's had a great first forty five games. Nick Dowd's had a great four years. I can see why I give up a first round for him. And Walker's, you know, contract's up. He's going to want a big raise. Philly might want a first. I'm not sure they're going to get a first. I don't, uh, I, I don't see that at all. So, uh, 
I could be wrong, but uh, I do not see that. Uh, coming up uh, tomorrow on the show, we will preview the orders and the ducks. Uh, the new D. Paris, Nurse and DeHarnay, Ekholm and Cece, Kulak and Bouchard. I'm very curious about the allocation of minutes five on five and who they play with. That'll be something to watch for in the game tomorrow. So we'll break that down. Of course, Speck and LT. Um, I have a lot of Craig Button. Lots to talk about on that. The uh, you know the 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 trade rumors rumblings I think are definitely going to heat up here in the next month. I don't I don't expect any any big deals yet. We saw two already, so that doesn't mean they couldn't happen right away. But I wouldn't be surprised if 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 you wait uh, a week or two, you get into late February. I think then we could see teams. If you're like, hey, I'm committed, we're going to go, and then let's go. And hey, uh, by the way, the Avs uh, don't count them out. They uh, two late goals. Connor will update you on that one. But uh, and Zach Parise, uh, Zach Parise. How about this for Colorado, Connor? Two goals in seven seconds in Carolina. They scored with twenty-seven seconds to go in the first, and then twenty seconds to go in the first. <laughs> oh, wow! Where's Joaquin Gage? He's like, somebody break my record. I remember old Gager allowed two goals in four seconds. That was a tough one. That's going to be real. Four hard. seconds? Yeah. <laughs> that's that's sloppy defensive coverage in front of him. That's not on well, Gager. No, the, second show, the second shot was from like uh, the neutral zone, right? Went off to partition. Gage went out to play it. <clears throat> off to partition. Angles into the net. That was a, that was a tough one. Tough one. Well, I might have to get Gage Man back on and talk about that. It was a classic, classic moment. Well, maybe not for the Gage Man. He probably didn't love that moment, but uh, uh, the rest of us uh, remembered it quite well. So uh, there you have it. Folks, have yourselves a lovely Thursday evening. We will uh, chat with you. Lots of sports, baby. What a good time for sports, man. I'm jazzed up. I love it. Hey, Gregor, I noticed some of the BCHL teams, the 5-1s lost their players. Is that the bad move already because they lost them to the USHL? From Nick, uh, no, Nick, it isn't because guess what? They were losing those players anyway. They could have left. That's That was part of the reasons why they, they wanted to do this was so they wouldn't have the USL just poaching guy. There's got to be a way. I think they got to try to find a way to have that so there's like a gentleman agreement. You can't just poach guys in January for nothing. It's kind of a joke, to be honest. Let's get to the Command of Sports 1440 update brought to you by BIE Engineering. Specialize in all your residential, commercial, and industrial structural engineering needs. B-I-E-E-N-G.com. Good night. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. That's the sound of another sale on Shopify. In-store. Shopify POS is everything you need to sell in person. From payments to inventory, Shopify unites your sales into one commerce platform. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash retail23. Shopify.com slash retail23.